Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi everyone. Hi, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but I am sick of proving that I'm not a robot. <laughs> you know, you're trying to buy something or do something or log on to something that says, are you a robot? <laughs> oh my God. And then it gives you this grid, this slightly fuzzy grid, and then it says you know, click on all the boxes where there's a traffic light. You think, is that a traffic light? Mm. Is that a traffic light in this country? I don't, I don't know. I'm worried. You know, is it, t- tick all the boxes where there's a zebra crossing or where there's a bus. Is that a bus? Or is it a coach? Is it a fat car? Who knows? When I haven't got my contact lenses on and I'm looking at it, it's actually a blur. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh, oh my, my God. Oh my God. So then you think it's going to think I'm a robot. What will happen <laughs> if I'm a robot? Will it reject me? More rejection? Will my laptop explode? It's just one step too far. Also, are we robots? How are you, Emily? <laughs> well, apart from my massive existential crisis triggered by your robot, I'm absolutely fine. I'm absolutely fine. But I've got um, shorter days panic. Mm. Um, so everybody might have noticed that it gets getting darker or as yeah. my mother would say the nights are closing in oh and I feel like I'm slipping into sad girl winter uh. like do not I didn't even get to hot girl summer <laughs> and I add. And, uh, and also it's not even that dark in the no, evenings so you're yet. ruining the mellow autumn evenings through panic about what is to come I suppose panic is about what is to come isn't it all the panics yes I think that I would say that I was panicking about pretty much everything at the moment. I don't know what my panic sort of thermometer has, is, is in that scary, like, woo, about to hit the kind of top of the bulb, the thermometer. I mean, there's energy panic. Yes, will you have enough energy? Even if you feel okay, rarely, you, <laughs> you then panic about where, whether you're going to have enough energy for what the week is going to ask of you. No, and also, you know, we've spent 18 months hibernating, so I just can't get over what we used to ask of yourselves. Like, did we actually do that? So now I'm just 90% panicking about all the energy that I don't have. And and on top of it, there's also the gas and electricity crisis. Actual energy panic. <laughs> Actual energy panic. But so, everyone's tired. Young people are tired. <laughs> you know, energy snobs are tired. I've got friends who are bewildered because they're suddenly tired in the afternoons and before they would always power through. It's so weird. There's mental energy, emotional energy, physical energy. Will we ever get any again? How can we get it? What happens when we run out completely? Yeah, what mean... happens then? <laughs> and all the panicking is burning up even more energy. And also, that's only one panic. There are many more. So you turn your focus towards something that's supposed to be relaxing, like the telly. 
fucking TV panic at the moment is terrible. There is so much mm. to watch. Mm. And I, I've got the morning show too, the Ted Lasso finales, new sex education. You're talking about Alma's Not Here as being one of the greatest things that you've seen recently. There's Strictly, which I think we couldn't Your even... new panic dream is going, it's not going to be sort of like, you know, you know, falling off a roof or driving naked. It's going to be sitting there, you know, unable to work the remote control, <laughs> praying for less television as the time slips by. I almost, I almost am nostalgic for the days where there were just four channels on and you just watched what was on. I know, God, we were bored. Was that good for us? I don't know, because at least it made us sort of, I don't know, like all sit together and watch it rather than everybody being everywhere. Yeah, me and all my friends from university used to get together on a Tuesday night to watch footballers' wives. We'd have a sex in the city night. Exactly, and that would be it. And now it's like, oh God, see people? Actually, yes. see people, but also everybody's like really far ahead or really far behind, or and 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 then and recommendations are a say, nightmare. Yeah, yes. you, yeah, you say you say okay, let's watch it together. You watch the first two, and then 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 the other person confesses they've watched, you know, three more. Yeah, box set infidelity is real. Box set infidelity, and and, and then, you can't even talk to them about it. No, because then you'd have to have a confrontation, <laughs> <laughs> and confrontation panic is. Probably my worst kind of panic. You know that thing where you, you know you've got to have a difficult conversation. Oh God, I'm I'm so bad at them. A hundred and twenty percent of my anxiety and panic would be lifted if everyone I ever engaged with would just constantly reassure me that they liked me and that I was doing okay. So imagine what confrontation feels like. It may it physically. I feel a bit sick. I blush. My heart pounds. I start to get short of breath. I get very hot, and I have a kind of horror loop in my head where if I just was to maybe ask someone to please stop doing something, they would throw a chair at me. No one's ever thrown a chair at me. But it could happen. It could still happen. The chair could still come. That's true. No, I'm, I'm often worried about the chair incoming. And also, I like you and you're doing really well. Thank you. Or the crushing comment that you will never recover from. No. Because I lose my words when I'm in a confrontation, so it's not like I'd go back with something even more cutting and but brilliant. But isn't it strange, someone, particularly you, who's extremely, you know, articulate and whatever, but the idea of expressing ourselves with a slightly negative slant towards someone, or you know, even telling someone to stop doing something, yeah, you is don't really feel that crippling. you have the power to do it, and then when it comes to having to effectively defend your corner or make your case I just abandon myself and I lose any idea of what I'm meant to be talking about and and I get kind of coated in distress yeah also I tend to to panic so much in these situations that I say what I say something much more extreme than I meant to I hate you I've always hated you (laughs) yeah exactly I'm leaving (laughs) I'm done maybe I'm the one throwing the chair metaphorically yes what would be scarier to have someone throw a chair at you or to suddenly find that you had thrown a chair Terrifying. Okay, God. What about um, sex panic? Sex panic. Now, I think <laughs> sex panic fears has two strands. Of course it does. It has the one which is, will I ever have sex again? Probably not. <laughs> and then also, will I ever have the kind of sex toys and dirty underwear? And I mean, not dirty, dirty underwear. I mean, clean underwear that is filthy. Um, that I used to have. Did you? Will I? <laughs> <laughs> I know the drawer of old underwear. You open it and look at it, finger it, and then shut the drawer and think maybe Stop one day. But you finger. see, the trouble is the sex panic. <laughs> the sex panic combines with the energy panic. I can't because even... who has the energy to put that kind of you know concentration and focus into having slightly more extreme sex? You just lost me a finger. Sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. It was that easy, was it? <laughs> 
Yes, anyway. I'm talking of dirty knickers. Cleaning panic. <laughs> okay, so I one of the things I resent about the pandemic coming to an end is not being at home and therefore not being able to like put laundry on at strange times and stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. Because obviously not you, Annabelle, this is not you, but I am finding that my house is filthy and that the sheets I'm like, well, leaving them a bit longer. How long? <laughs> Gonna tell How you. long? I'm not going to tell you. How long? Three weeks this time. Well, apart from the fact that that makes me feel a bit strange, it's very good for the planet. You're saving the planet. <laughs> yes, I What wanna... about the towels? To- uh, yeah, no, towels are a few weeks too. And the other day what we about went... the bath mat? The other day we went away for the weekend and I thought, this is brilliant because I will, that's three days. I actually did the cleaning math where I'm like, that adds three days on to my not cleaning schedule oh because I always we're not do the cleaning them. mats I always think because it, it's, a, it's a week for the sheet so if I'm away for three nights and I can add another three nights on the end oh my god yeah, does cleaning mats do that new to you this no is... maybe only mad people like me but I, I but that does resonate no but I've been doing I've been doing like hair cleaning mats for a long time but um but I'd never done towel cleaning mats listen it's <laughs> it's better than death mats <laughs> It's better than death maths. Or it's it's broken maths. It's broken panic. It's broken panic. It doesn't take much to send me into full blow. The car slightly hesitates. Why won't it start? I mean, it will start, but I've barely put the key in. The, the remote freezes for a second. Oh, dear God, please not tonight. Your phone goes a bit glitchy and sort of goes black. Um, or maybe there's a, there's, a, there's a twinge. And in my case, at the moment, my knee. Is that forever broken? Yeah, yeah. Is that it? The key it... won't go in the oh. lock, probably because I'm drunk. But no, the lock's broken. Something's <laughs> broken. You know, uh, you know and, 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 and then suddenly I'm broken. It's broken. I'm broken. The world is broken. It's all broken. It's not a relaxing way to live. No, I know. I go to naught, from naught to broken, like, almost instantly And when now. you're broken, you get identity panic. I mean... I think I've been having identity panic for about five years, actually. Just be yourself. <laughs> Who, Who am I? I? <laughs> You're meant to have um, a head for business and a, and, and a body for sin or a head for sin and a lady in the sheets and a freak in the sheets and a maid in the bedroom, a welder by night, a fisherman in the morning. I mean, who are we meant to be? Can we just lie down? Yes, please. And also, and also... I think that we've got this weird, we're in this weird sort of state of mind where we've got like age panic. Yeah, I agree. So it's not just that everybody keeps telling us that age doesn't matter anymore. It's like, whoa, look at him. We shouldn't care about it. But also, like, I feel a bit confused by that. It's like, are we young? Are we old? Can we all be Iris Apfel? I decided I was 50 when I turned about 42 because... <laughs> Not J-Lo I, 50, obviously. Maybe. There's still time. <laughs> but I decided I was 50, sort of, you know, four years ago, so I could start to absorb the panic. It's like we've all been mentally preparing ourselves for ageing, because ageing used to be such a horror, and now ageing is being embraced. You know, is it good? Is it bad? Yeah, so we're just practising. It's like rolling it in our tongues. Like, we're nearly 50. I'm nearly 50. Yeah, exactly. Just to get your head around that. Yeah. But having done that for like seven years. Tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah. Everything's exhausting. I'll tell you the other thing that I'm panicking about, and I feel like it today that I might have messed up, is the unreliability of the temperature. Mine and the external, the I combination between agree. the internal and external. You know, September weather is so great, they say. <laughs> we love September weather because it's a bit like spring, a bit like winter, a bit like summer. It's all rolled into one. Except it means getting dressed is, is even more of a nightmare than usual. Because... You're only at optimum temperature for three seconds of any given day. Yeah, most of the time you're playing a kind of like wild game of wardrobe roulette. Like, for example, if you wear a jumper with nothing underneath, by lunchtime you have sweat seeping out of every pore. 
you have a slick of what's that? I mean, sweat is that slightly thicker liquid, isn't it? Gathering in your cleavage. Breast sweat. You can't take your jumper off because you haven't got anything underneath. And if you did have anything, they'd see your sweat patches from space. They'd smell them too. <laughs> and, and, and if someone licked you, you'd be so salty, they'd get kidney failure. <laughs> and then not only that, the, the jumper temperature makes everything spread. So yes. your hair is hot. Your thighs are hot and oh smushy. Oh my God, what about back of the knee sweat? Oh my God, the sweat. And you're unable to make any decisions and you just basically want to move into the fridge for both reasons of coolness and also to comfort eat. Yeah, but you can't move because the sweat <laughs> patches on the back of your, you know, on your bum or legs or chair or whatever would just, you know, out you to the world as a... Exactly. So the next time you go out, you go, okay, fine. I'm not going to wear a jumper with, with that I can't take off. So you wear layers. Yes, and so you wear layers and it <laughs> might involve the top layer, like an ice cream sundae. The cherry on the top of the layers might be that you wear, you sling a jumper around your shoulders. <laughs> you think you look like an Italian princeling or a really rich German hedge funder. <laughs> you know, who after generations of this have mastered the art of tying jumpers around their shoulders elegantly. Except you are not, you can't and you don't because it starts to garrot you because your bag catches it. And then it makes your neck sweat. You didn't know necks could sweat like this. <laughs> But there no longer seems to be a part of you that, that, that doesn't sweat. It's like one hot bit triggers every other hot bit, like sweat dominoes. And then suddenly your toes are sweaty. Oh, sweaty toes. And the other thing about the September days is that promise of a little bit of a cooling. So you could wear a coat. For example. That nice new, slightly expensive <laughs> coat you bought in 2019, but you, you've been saving it. Which you, is like two years, bitches. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, you didn't have anywhere smart to go, so you didn't wear it there. You couldn't bear to, to stomp around the park in it, because actually it's quite tight under the armpits because it's so smart. <laughs> so the tiniest hint of a cool breeze, um, and you slip it out of its moth protector thing, and you, and you put it on. Yeah, and then you leave the house, and obviously, this is just me, is it just me? Not before experimenting with wearing it thrown over my shoulders like a fashion editor for about How 20 does that minutes. Look? It looks like I'm not a fashion editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you try running because you're a bit late, you know, because you've been experimenting with your coat and admiring your smart coat. So by the time you get to the tube, you're so hot that you think that like hell itself might have taken up residence in your body. So you take off the coat where to put the coat. So you have to stuff the coat oh. into your bag. You're stuffing and stuffing. And this is an expensive coat that's been hung beautifully on a wooden or a padded hanger. It's so expensive that your inner child is sort of howling. And now you can't hardly lift this bag because it's so full of coat and it's hurting your sore shoulder. So you sort of throw it onto your back and you look like some sort of donkey. And you're, and you're braying in, in, in misery and you're just so hot. It's so annoying when the bag has got the coat because I hate nothing more than looking like everything is spilling out, you know, externally. Like your innards are <laughs> spilling out of your bag. Exactly. Thanks for explaining that better. But anyway, the other thing is, is that, you know... You also, with the promise of a little bit of heat, think, oh, I think I might still be able to wear sandals. Mostly because I don't know what shoes I'm going to wear this winter. <laughs> I completely agree. I wore sandals yesterday because I didn't feel I had a choice. But then you look down at your feet. And then you realise that you had your pedicure in July. Mm. And, you know, you, you, when you're young, you can get away with a pedicure lasting two months. But now, my God. Also, the pedicure might have been shellac. So your toes are like, they've, got, they've just got red claws at the edge that are sort of <laughs> hanging over hanging over the top of your sandals and your heels could give an unwitting passerby an injury because yeah. they're so hard and so calloused. 
If you cross your leg on the tube and scratch your own knee, then you have to take a Nurofen. We're basically... You might need stitches. We're basically, like, mythically horrible creatures. Oh, oh yes, not even horrible <laughs> mythic, mythical creatures. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Just mythically epically, horrible. They will write horrible. about the horrors for <laughs> eons and eons to come. We interrupt this broadcast with a news flash. Yes, I am getting a third piercing, a third ear piercing, which means I'm now obsessed with creating the perfect stack. Um, listen, I'm a proper amateur because I only got my ears pierced for the first time two years ago. But naturally now I want to really load up. Never go halves. And it's also <laughs> confusing. And plus the confusion of the consumer guilt. Well, hold on there. We have discovered a fantastic jewellery brand called Ana Luisa. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, whose entire mission is to prove that high quality jewellery shouldn't cost the planet. So it's guilt-free shopping that doesn't cost the earth or the earth. And they are giving I'm Absolutely Fine listeners 10% off with the code absolutelyfine at analuisa.com. It's a treasure trove. Anyway, back to my perfect stack. <laughs> You're like... Stop with the science bit. <laughs> so we've chosen um, a mixture of some mid-sized gold hoops and chunky little huggies and cheeky sort of lightning bolt drops, that kind of thing. Um, and they're giving us real joy. And there's quite a lot to be said for joy at the moment. Also, they're well-priced enough to make quite thrilling presents. So if you're looking forward to Christmas with kind of panic, you might want to get busy. Um, they release new jewellery collections every Friday at analuisa.com, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Now use the code absolutely fine for a 10% discount. Now we are big fans of their metal and their message. And if you head over to Insta, you can see our stacks. Hmm, that sounds rude. Yeah, everything sounds rude <laughs> if you try hard enough. Anyway, 10% off with the code absolutely fine. So it's hot, got the sandals, and, and you think, oh, well, you think maybe tomorrow will be hot too. And, 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 and you're so boiling from running around in the morning trying to get clean and collect everything you need to leave the house that you think, I'm going to wear a cotton dress. It's September, I can still wear a cotton dress. I won't look like a weird sort of, you know, milkmaid. I can wear it. <laughs> also, you're a bit scarred from your jumper coat experiences. So you slip on your cotton dress. And, 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 and then you, you, you practically skip out of the house because you're so grateful for the, you know, for the, the cool breeze. You're looking forward to the sun rising and the, you know, the heat of the Indian summer day hitting. But you forgot about air conditioning for a start. Bloody air conditioning. Which, Which say it. No, I mean... It, it has been us, proved that. It makes us angry every time. So we have often said it. Air conditioning in offices is set at man temperature rather than woman temperature, which is about three degrees colder for us. You've also forgotten about September rain. Yes. Um, you've forgotten that cotton dresses get sort of rucked up when you're carrying you know, heavy bags with their innards <laughs> spilling out. So by 10, 15, you're so cold that your arm hairs are standing on end, your, 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 your legs have gone chickeny and your, your teeth are chattering. So you look like a plucked goose, a chattering plucked goose with no feathers. And this is like your first few like times back in an office where you wanted to look kind you of, just you want know, to be serene. pure dignity yeah, exactly. exactly so you and take impressive. an early lunch and you rush off and you buy a jumper and you put it on over the dress and now you look like a sort of you know a sort of a sort of old little girl who's, <laughs> who's going to join a nunnery yeah like a cranky not in a good way not in a prada way yes exactly it's not that sort of ingenue it's, oh. it's not ingenue is it babe and the thing is, where general panic and temperature issues meet, that Venn diagram, the middle bit, is called going out at night. <laughs> because that turns you into a, a, a sort of emotional hot mess and also a physical hot mess. Going out is a nightmare. I mean, it is a nightmare at the moment. Well, it was a 
simple nightmare two years ago, and now everything's supposed to be the same as it was two years ago, right? But everything is different, isn't it? So we feel that we're meant to proceed until apprehended. But what if we get apprehended? What if it all stops again by the pandemic, by our own sorry lack of energy that we've talked about? You, what if we get apprehended by the fact that the rhythm of life has subtly changed and so we don't really understand what the parameters are at the moment? Because um, over the last 18 months, despite the isolation, some friendships developed a kind of glorious simplicity, I think, because we saw no one for a while. We kept in touch with a few obvious people and then we remotely connect, connected with a few unexpected people, you know, the surprises who, who, who kept in touch and it was nice rather than intrusive and something yeah. sort of flourished. Yeah. And then things progressed and we saw a few people and that was kind of cosy and it was always early and it felt quite comforting. But now, I mean, now it's on. It is on. So we're planning and planning and WhatsApping and emailing and sort of trying to get groups together for dinner because we want to, but also because we know we should. But most of those plans aren't coming to fruition. <laughs> most of us aren't actually, I think, seeing many more people than we did this time last year because the parameters have shifted. So if you take cancellation as a for instance, it's lost its agony and its shame. Do you remember how we used to be in anguish about cancelling? Yeah, we wrote like books about basically how to cancel. Well, now everyone cancels all the time. <laughs> all the time. You know, you call a friend at five, this happened to me last Thursday. I called a friend at 5 p.m. to ask what time she wanted me for dinner. And she just said, oh, I'm sitting in the beanbag with the dog and I can't move. <laughs> I thought, fair enough. And just planned my telly. <laughs> I you know, know or, or, or one member of the group sends a message saying, oh, I'm really sorry. I messed up. I, I, turns out there's a work thing on the 6th. Can, can we do the 9th? And everyone understands, but no one bothers to reply or reschedule because... The intention to meet was somehow enough to prove commitment to the friendship, but it all feels a bit complicated. So in, the, in a funny kind of way, the desire to be together has become as nutritious as actually being together. So the rhythm, what I'm saying is the rhythm has changed. And we're meant to dance to the beat of what drum exactly? I mean, you know, we're not in terrible shape in terms of wanting to see people. The inclination is there. We just need to find a new groove. Yeah, it's like some... Said the 300-year-old woman. <laughs> Groovy. It's like a sort of premature WhatsApp dysfunction, isn't it? We all get really, really excited, but no one can follow through. No one can follow through. We will at some point. <laughs> at some point. So for once, let's not panic. Because friendship is more and more proving itself to be resilient. And, you know, we are, after all, all in this together. If we're not in this together, we're not in it at all. Friendship is resilient, you're right. I think that's one of the things that's been proved by this whole situation. But we also have to nurture friendship with small things, little tiny gifts that we can sort of send out into the universe to show that we're still contributing to our own destinies in small ways. Yeah, because karma, the idea of, of the whole idea of karma and everything happens for a reason is quite annoying. But if you sort of land upon the thought that maybe to a greater or less degree in micro ways... We make our own luck. Ooh. Micro efforts can produce micro luck. Good luck and bad luck. For example. Tell us, oh guru. <laughs> I mean, that's really stopped me on my tracks because I feel <laughs> so hopeless. Never no, has anyone like been idea. less wise. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. Anger makes you unlucky. If you park in anger, so, okay, so you're late and you're in a rage. Of course you are. You're always in a rage and there's no parking spaces and you're, you're basically screaming. And after what feels like a year, you spot a parking space. You're furious. But after several attempts that involve some violent curb mounting and, and, and find, or finding yourself two metres out into the middle of the road, you're forced to admit that your anger, this is a really hard thing to admit, 
that your anger was the problem in the first place. You are the problem. You have ruined everything and you're now cursed. So you might as well go home. Do not park in anger. In fact, instead, and this works, pray to the parking angels. Pray to the parking angels. When I'm at my most furious and I can't park, I pray to the parking angels. And the parking angels, you know, they deliver. They deliver because you, you, are, you are coming from a peaceful place. I come in peace as opposed to fury. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to think of little micro efforts that would make one feel good about things and therefore generate like good energy. Ooh. Okay. Handwritten letters. Writing a letter, pen to paper. Yeah, yeah. Post something that will come through someone's door bearing their name written in ink oh, the by a human hand. You know it's not a bill. It probably isn't hate mail. If, as long as it's not thick, so people don't think it's an invitation to something. <laughs> Save the date with lots of hotels and Yeah, things. no fucking calligraphy, guys, okay? <laughs> just, a, just a sort of scrawl is fine. Yeah. But we'll just say, I have hurt my wrist writing. Because do you not find that writing anything for like even a second... Like, how, how did we write essays? I can barely sign my name. <laughs> it's like, oh, we filled in forms the other day and I was like, oh my God, yeah. how did we even write 2,000 word essays in exams and whatever? Anyway. Which makes the act of handwriting a letter even more sort of golden, doesn't it? Because yes. it hurts. It, that's what I'm saying. Really hurts. You've had to find a fucking stamp. Well, you had to find a decent piece of paper to write it on in the first place. An envelope that may or may not match, but at least will fit the paper in. A stamp, which you don't have, so you have to go and buy. Can I ask about the politics of, of envelopes? Because we, uh, I was writing a letter and I put it in one of those business envelopes. They're so, like, crappy. Does it matter? I think they're depressing, but a lot better than nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that, but that's the sort of thing that can stop you from writing the letter. Yes. Anything can stop you. I don't have a nice enough pen. I don't have a nice enough envelope. And then, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a bit like when you don't reply to a text for three weeks and then you're a terrible person because you don't have the perfect thing to say. Or you turn up empty-handed to a birthday because you want to buy something that's really crafted to the personality of the recipient. I mean, anything is better than nothing. Okay. So Unless the person's a dick and goes, what, you got me a candle? <laughs> well, I'll take it back then. Okay, fine. I'll burn it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, how could you set me up with that man? Well, at least I bothered. Yeah. Well, those are big efforts. I agree, fuckers. Fuckers, right. Unlucky. This always is me doing all the unlucky. I mean, don't have 13 people to dinner. <laughs> I mean, well, don't have 12 people to dinner if it's just you. So maybe it is just you. You ask 12, they all come. And then they won't go home. Yeah, that's the bit, isn't it? It's like, fine, invite people, but then don't expect... They're you... ignoring your banner that says, please leave by nine. Oh my God, that And your hard. needlepoint cushion that says, please leave by nine. And your tattoo that says, please leave and by nine. And the text nine. that you sent in advance saying, please leave by nine. You will be leaving by nine. They spill things. <laughs> they shout at Alexa and ask her to play songs that you hate. There are 13 of you there and somehow... 26 bottles of wine have been drunk and you're crying because you just want to go to bed and it's 11.45 on a Tuesday. You did this. Again, all my ones finish with with I am the problem. I did this. I did this. Me and my social anxiety. I am a fool. Now I will have 13 years of bad luck. It's inevitable. Okay, can I tell you what? Some more bad luck. Should I throw some more bad luck at you? Go on then. Okay, so it's a bit like the anger situation. If you were to paint your nails quickly you will have lots of time to repent this act paint in haste repent at leisure correct because you can't do you mean paint them quickly or do you mean not give them enough time to dry i mean both oh you mean both yeah wrinkled smudged this is what you're sending out 
to the universe. Just don't do it. The universe sees your arrogance and is displeased with you. It does. It says, why have you done this? Why would you try and sort of circumvent the rules of nail polish slash drying? No, I'm going to ruin your week because every time you look at your hands, you will see your own failure. And also, chipped nails make you look insane, like ladder tights, greasy hair. And when you are writing your (laughs) writing your thank you letters, or your letters, or your invitations to your dinner, or whatever. Writing invitations to a dinner, I would like to be that person. Annabelle Riff can request the pleasure of your company at home. Oh my God, let's do it. When? I don't know. Never? (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's not do it. The luckiest thing of all is the just-in-case pee. Oh. You don't need to pee. It's fine. You peed five minutes ago, <laughs> the meeting's about to start or you're about to leave the house, you'll be fine because your bladder is actually a stretchy water balloon designed to fill. It's designed to take a bit of strain. So stop panicking because you can do this. You can wait an hour, you can wait too. You don't need... Oh God, you do need to pee. Oh God, you need to pee. Oh God, you need to pee now. Oh God, you need to pee now. No, you need to avoid that. So go, pee squeeze out the last drop and then come back and you'll be serene and commanding. You'll own the room. You might get a promotion. Yeah, you're telling the universe, you know, you're in charge. Yeah, in charge of your own pee. Yeah, because let's face it, we're not. So there are, you know, micro luck, micro lessons to be learned. So maybe we should all try uh, to go forth into the next week with um, peaceful parking, sending lots of handwritten letters. Imagine getting a letter that wasn't even a duty thank you that just said, hi, you know, I was just thinking of you. I mean, imagine that you'd frame it. Don't have 12 people to dinner if it's just you. Don't have 11 people to dinner if it's you and someone else. Don't paint your nails in haste. You will repent. And pee all the time when you don't need to. I mean, these are lessons that we're going to take for... I mean, I feel like we're armed and ready for the rest of the week. Well, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Mid-Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Pay close attention to how your nervous system responds to people. Mm